0: Hey, Rock and Rollers, it's Whiskey and Rock, a backstage pass to learn about whiskey and spirits and hear stories from industry insiders and rock stars, real life rock stars. So get ready and join your hosts, D-Rock and Jr. for the VIP whiskey experience you've been waiting for. Welcome to the Whiskey and Rock Show. another interview today we do yeah we're excited for this, this i'm is, really excited about this This is one. when you're really excited you've actually introduced me to this product i've been a big fan of this product for a long time okay well tell us what we're about to do and who we're meeting yeah well we're uh we're very fortunate to have with us bill straub who is i believe the co-founder co-blender of foregate nice yeah. welcome bill thanks for having me great to yeah. be here yeah great. thanks for joining us so i'm not mistaken you just got done with the kentucky derby this week or last weekend correct
1: Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Big, big, uh, couple of weeks here in Louisville.
0: So that's a busy time for you guys?
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tons of tastings, tons of people in town, a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of tourists and they always, uh, they reach out and kind of want to, want to meet us or want to, want to do some tastings and fun stuff like that. So we're pretty busy. Plus, you know, we like to spend a lot of time at the track ourselves. <laughs> of
0: course. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, why don't we just jump right into it? Yeah. Um, like to know, you know, a little bit about your background, uh, how you got into the bourbon industry and, uh, and all that kind of good stuff. Sure.
1: Uh, yeah. I uh, I was kind of always into bourbon. Uh, you know, before most people really cared at all about bourbon, I, I just always enjoyed it. I kind of liked it. Um, I liked to write. Uh, I had a background in, in journalism. I was working in finance, uh, worked in finance most of my life, but um, uh, I kind of wanted to combine the two. So a buddy of mine and I put, uh, started a website called Modern Thirst and uh, we started that and I think it was 2012. Uh, it was kind of right time, right place. Uh, first year two, nobody read it. I mean, we, we probably were the only people who ever pulled that website up, but by 2015 or so, you know, we were getting a quarter million hits a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of, uh, we happened to be there. Uh, one of the early blogs, I guess, when uh, the bourbon boom was just really starting. Um, and I got pulled into doing some, uh, it started out with uh, barrel picks uh, stores, you know, when they, when they first came around stores, didn't know what the heck they were doing. They never picked a barrel. They didn't, you know, the people who were, They didn't even really care about bourbon. It was a secondary product for them. Um, So they they had us help them out with a bunch of barrel picks and and things like that. And that kind of morphed into some consulting for several of the national brands to help them launch some... uh, launched some of their labels. And I really did not enjoy that process. Once, you know, we would go in and they already knew exactly what they wanted to do. They knew that they wanted to call it, they knew what they wanted the theme was, uh, what whiskey they were using. It was always the same whiskey that they were either sourcing or or using in all their other products. But they wanted to make up some weird backstory that just wasn't true And, and it, you know, one thing about me is, um, I, I don't like to, I don't like to present myself as, as something that I'm not. And I always hated that when, when they kind of wanted me to rubber stamp the idea of, you know, this is our granddad's recipe and it harkens back to prohibition. <laughs> and I'm going to say you're using the same stuff you put in every other bottle with a different label. On it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we try to be genuine, try to be authentic. And I had, uh, uh, met my business partner, Bob D'Antoni. i had met him, um, probably about a year, year and a half, maybe two years before we started the company. And he introduced me to Calvin Cooperage. I went out to do a story on met them, met the the brothers who owned the the, the uh, Cooperage and got to go tour the facility and write a nice article about them. And it, you know, for about a year that pinged around in my head, you, you go into this warehouse and you see all these great barrels and there'd be four or five of them in a corner or 10 or 15. If you're one of the really big distillers, big producers, you don't care about 10 barrels. They just It's such a blip on your radar. It doesn't affect your bottom line. That batch is you make as much money, you know, checking the change in your couch cushions at your visitor center as you would sell in that batch. Uh, but if you were a small company, you know, kind of pinged around in my head that you could have a lot of fun with these flavors, um, do a lot of unique stuff, a lot of fun stuff with barrel finishing. So it was about a year later. I called Bobby back up. Just I think it was out of the blue one night and I said, hey, man, I've been thinking about this. I want to do a whiskey company you know, I want to see if Calvin Cooper should be interested. And he said, well, I'll give him a call. And then I said, I also need a business partner because I got a full-time job too. I don't think I can do it on my own. Uh, and he jumped at it and it's been fantastic. Um, so that was about uh, um, four and a half, maybe five years ago uh, when we actually mm-hmm. formed the company and our first batch came out in 2019. So we're on batch uh, 28 now, plus a bunch of private selects and a handful of other ones that aren't really numbered batches. So,
0: wow. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Well, we've, we've got a couple of your offerings in front of us today. Why don't we start with uh, this is batch 23. This is a Barossa Creek. Is that how you say it? That's it. Yeah. And this is a, if I'm not mistaken, this is a, a burr rye? It is. It is a burr So there's uh, two different bourbons
1: in it and they have the same mash bill and they're from two different states. One's from Kentucky, one's from Indiana. Mm-hmm. And they're um, 75% corn, 21% rye and 4% malted barley, if my math works out. Um, and then the, the rise in 95.5 from Indiana. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, we finished them. We had had, uh, Calvin had brought these casts over from Australia and they were a uh, tawny port casks. So tawny's not quite as sweet as a, as a Ruby port. It's a little meatier. You, you uh, if, if you actually taste that kind of port wine, it's almost like you can taste the skin of the grapes a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, we finished this in those barrels and we put it out at barrel proof and uh, it's about 121 proof. Um, I think this batch came out as, and it's uh, it's been very popular. Our eyes we, we call them brys b r r y e. We tried to try to have brye on the label and found out it was trademarked by the company that actually uses that on their label. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we said b r r y e and then trademarked the heck out of that. So that's ours now.
0: <laughs> Great, sweet. You could smell that. But yeah on, yeah, on the nose of this, yeah. I
1: always get. I always start out with a mix of citrus and dark red fruits.
0: Yes. Yep. <sighs> It's so good.
1: And I really like the blend of the whiskeys uh, that went into this. They're, they're very, you know, 21% rise, pretty pretty decent high rise. So you mix that with a 95.5 and you, you get a nice spicy, yeah. um, uh, a lot of baking spice, a lot of fruit, a lot of pepper, a lot of citrus, a lot of fun. And then that tawny port on top of it just kind of rounds it out.
0: Yeah. That port on the back end. That's pretty yeah. awesome. It's just so, I mean, the perfect blend of the spicy and the sweet. It's so good. Is there, when you're when you're doing these types of these blends and these finishes, is there a certain pro- flavor profile you're looking for? Or are you just kind of pl- being a mad scientist and hoping for the best? Or
1: It's a little playing around uh, finding some blends that we really like. Uh, sometimes we actually blend towards a flavor profile. If we know what the, the finished barrels are along ahead of time, we'll try to blend towards that. Something that's super sweet and very uh, fruity. We'll probably want something on the spicier side to go into that just to kind of offset it. I tend to not like to do sweet on sweet mm-hmm. that's the one thing I don't like, but I'll do spicy on spicy all, all all day long. I love a spicy bourbon high rye bourbon anything like that so it just kind of depends we we we've done it pretty much any different way you can imagine we've we've had Pete you know Kelvin will come to us with the um the finished barrels first and we'll blend towards that and a couple of times we've just had some neat barrels or come up you know playing around found a great blend and we'll take it to Kelvin and ask them for their their advice or what barrels can you get something along those lines mm-hmm.
0: And typically, how, how big are your batches on average?
1: Uh, they're growing as we're growing. So we're in 11 states now. When we started, mm-hmm. we were just in two, Kentucky and Tennessee. So mm-hmm. starting out, they were under 2,000 bottles a batch. And now they're a little, usually, we're, we're trying to get them around three to 4,000. We don't really, I doubt we'll need to ever grow the batches much larger than that. Um, even as we expand to different states, we would probably be more likely to release more batches. Than you know, a 10,000 bottle batch or something like that. We do have a flagship whiskey out that's around, uh, it, it's available year round now. And it's uh, one of our split state bottlings, uh, seven year Kentucky straight bourbon. And that one we can pretty much make whenever we need to. We have enough whiskey and we, have, we can get the barrels. So that's the one exception to that. You should be able to get that anytime you like. And I think we did, we've done 7,500 bottles of that at the, around there at the moment. Hmm.
0: Now, I, I've had some other bourbons finished in Kelvin barrels mm-hmm. and they're amazing and there's something different about what Kelvin the Cooperage does that you don't find with some of the other Cooperages. What, what, can, how can you speak to that?
1: Um, I, I'm not really supposed to say too much of what they do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, there is a difference, and I know that, um, I'm trying to think of which one of the probably shouldn't say which one of those it is either, but one of the distilleries in Louisville did it, uh, a test, and they put uh, several different cooperages barrels side by side, and they, they did it in a lot of different ways, so it wasn't just one barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, and after I think it was three years and six years, they had considerably less loss in the Kelvin barrels. Wow, wow. Um, and I don't know whether that's the humidity, whatever humidity they dry to, or how they do the drying, or, or what it is, but um, but yeah, I, I think I think Kelvin, um, you know, they're a little different than a lot of the other the, the really big cooperages. When you, if you ever get a chance to tour it, I highly recommend it. It's the neatest experience in bourbon. It's the most unique experience I've ever seen in bourbon, where, you know, you literally have individuals standing there rolling barrels from station to station. It's not a conveyor belt that takes it through. They uh, they char their barrels by when they cut the ends off the stays by cutting them to length. They take those chunks and make charcoal out of them. They just take a shovel and shovel it into the barrel, and that's how they char them. They have this burning wow. charcoal just sitting in the bottom of the barrel. There's no natural gas jets or anything like that. So. It's all kind of a labor of love with them. Um, Very, very hands-on and very very uh, craftsman-oriented, which I just think is is fantastic and and pretty rare. You know, I've been to a couple of the big cooperages before, and they they're night and day different in the way they operate. Now, a lot of Mm -hmm. other places make great barrels, but but Kevin does do it differently.
0: You definitely get taste of quality in what they do. On the split stave barrels that you do, is is that something where they already have a product? like that already made or or do you go to them and say hey this is kind of a flavor profile we're looking for and and they will build barrels to that specification for you
1: yeah, they'll only make those for us. Uh, they made them up for us uh, to start. We we were talking about, um, I think it was our it was our fourth batch was the first time we did a split stave. And we were, Bobby and I were in a meeting with uh, William Hornaday, their operations director. And I think one of the, the McLaughlin brothers who owned it was there with us. And uh, we were talking about doing a combination of a toasted finish and, and a, a double oak finish and just using barrels that were toasted and double oak. And what we really wanted with that batch and what kind of evolved into the split stave is, is all of our other batches, most of our batches are always used cooperage, so stuff that they buy somewhere else, they bring it in, make sure it's in good shape, fix it if it needs to, and then we put our whiskey in it and move on. We wanted them to be able to, to show what they can do as coopers and that mm-hmm. they can be unique and different. And that ultimately what we, what we love to see come from that split stave is, is that people should c- consider their cooperage an extension of their, their brand. A lot of people just think of a barrel as as a commodity. How many can I get for what price at a number three char? But work with your Coopers. They know more about what the barrels are going to do to whiskey than anybody else in the world because they've been doing it for generations. And they taste the Mm -hmm. before and after on everything. They're they're fantastic people, uh, very smart, very good at what they do. Um, but we wanted them to show off as a Cooper. We wanted them to be able to show what they can do. So they they came up with the idea of making toasted barrels and charred barrels and then taking them apart before we use them. And they put them back together and alternate the stays between toasted and charred. So you get one barrel that's both a, both a toasted finish and a double oak finish. And the visuals on it are fantastic, which is part of what we like. So, you know, from a marketing standpoint, it's gold. And it's just a, it's a unique product. And they they've told us they're not going to make it for anyone else just for us. I think part of that is because it's such a pain in the ass. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, They've come in on Saturdays for us before to do it. You know, we're only ordering 15 to 25 of them at a given time, but, you know, they, they got to make 30 barrels to make those 25. And then there's a lot of waste and, you know, it takes half a day to make 30 barrels where normally they, you know, they probably do a lot more than that over the course of a day. So,
0: yeah. So are, are all your products finished or do you have any straight rise or straight bourbons as well?
1: We have we uh, we've occasionally come across stuff when we when we find a whiskey that we just absolutely love as is we like to present it we will typically not just take all of it and and release it but we'll call it uh, if it's a bourbon we call it some variation of foundation so there's been Indiana Foundation okay. just Foundation uh, we're gonna have another one coming up called Heritage Foundation and there was a Tennessee Foundation and then the Rise have always been River Kelvin Rye and two reasons we do that sometimes we just think the whiskey's so good that people ought to taste it as is and then sometimes like for the rise, especially we had started a series of rye whiskeys and we wanted people to taste the before and after um, mm-hmm. so we had we had i think three finished ryes coming out the same time so we released the river, river kelvin first i think mm-hmm. it was a 7 year uh straight rye and we wanted we wanted people to be able to taste here's the base product now here's what we did with it
0: hmm. yeah
1: and we do that we've got we've got another one coming up probably End of this year will be a very small release. We did have a 14 year um, Indiana bourbon that came out at a hazmat proof, but we only got 129 bottles out of three barrels wow. of that, so uh, that was phenomenal stuff. Um, yeah. We couldn't use it for anything else. But usually, we'll take if we do that, we'll take a small portion, and release it as 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 is, and then the rest of it winds up in in
0: our our blends. Hmm. Well, let's try this next one that we got in front of us. This is a uh, batch number 25, uh, the Andalusia uh, Key Rye.
1: Andalusia Kirai. And, uh, so uh, Bobby, actually, my partner names most of our batches. Um, I've, I've done a few of them. I had a bad experience with our second batch and, and just uh, kind of got very <laughs> very fed up with dealing with the TTP. Was that the, um, the, the but, Orange uh, carousel
0: one? Or, or That was the, the Orange the carousel? Yeah, yeah, it was
1: not supposed to be called Out of Loop Orbit. We had a much better name for that, uh, but, <laughs> uh, but they wouldn't let us do it. But Andalusia Kirai, so uh, it, it's a um, 7-year-old straight rye from Indiana so 955 um, and then we finished those in spanish they were originally spanish oloroso sherry casks and then they were used for um, dark rum down in the florida keys there's we're not allowed to say um, you know who distills our stuff or where we get the secondary barrels but there's only one rum distillery in the florida keys so you could probably figure it out <laughs> right right so the name is andalusia is the region of spain where sherry comes from and then key is for the key west that's where the, the names like that kind of come from. We they either have some sort of inside meaning to us or they kind of explain a little bit about what's in the in the bottle. Yeah. Uh but this one there was uh there's almost 4,000 bottles of this one came out. It's been an, an crazy popular. Uh this one took me by surprise for how popular it was. This was 115 proof I think this one was. I've got the bottle I should actually check that before I say yeah. that. Yeah. 115 proof um just a really really good whiskey. You know, when you, when you take a rye whiskey and you finish it in in fortified wine and dark rum, it becomes a much, Mm. you know, typically rye tends to be a little one-dimensional, a little thin on the palate. And this really is mouth coating and and very kind of luscious, I guess you would say.
0: Yes, absolutely. What's, uh, you said you're in 11 states right now. What's, do you have plans to expand your distribution to other states or are you looking to kind of keep things lean and mean?
1: No, we'd like to keep expanding states. Um, we're, we're looking at a couple of them coming up and, and, um, we work with Republic National in all but one state right now, and we have a contract with them to expand uh, nationally with them. So um, they actually give us the direction of where they want us to go. They've called us several times and said, hey, we need you in Louisiana, for example. Mm-hmm. We hadn't planned to expand there, but it—you it, know—it my Bobby uh, went to school in LSU, and his uh, youngest son is a junior at LSU right now. So it basically uh, made his year. Uh, when they called and said, come down to, come down to Louisiana. And I, he called me and told me that. And I said, Bobby, there's no way they came to you with that. You had to go and say, I, I want to go to Louisiana. <laughs> they swear up and down. He swears up and down that it was their idea. So, uh, but they've done that in a couple of different states and, and we we'd always follow their lead. They're fantastic partners for us. Um, speak very highly of, of R&DC. They're, they're a great company. Uh, but yeah, so we're we're trying to expand. We like to hit the, if it's our choice, we're going to hit the bigger bourbon and whiskey markets first. Uh, we're not in New York, New Jersey yet. We're not in Michigan or Pennsylvania and those are big markets. Uh, and I'd like those to be relatively soon if possible. We've also tried to avoid the control states, which makes Michigan and Pennsylvania a little dicey compared to the other ones. Uh, but um, apparently they're the easiest of the control states to to work with. So hopefully they'll be in the next next round of expansion. We'd, we'd like to hit two to four states this year.
0: Okay. That's awesome. Great. So what's what's next? What's coming in the future? I think you said you're up to batch number 28. No. Nope. What's uh, coming down the line for you guys? We've got some really cool
1: stuff. We've got a light whiskey, this triple oaked. Um, and that one's probably one of the best tasting mm. just straight whiskeys that that we will ever put out. It is amazing. Um, when I first tasted it, I thought, gosh, I don't know. Maybe we should sell the, the, the whiskey. I don't really like it as much. And then we put it in a toasted barrel and then back in the, into a charred barrel after that. And every time I, every time I tasted it, it got better and better and better and better. And, and we're thrilled with that. Uh, one reason that we're very excited about that batch is the idea of triple oaking was actually, uh, Kevin McLaughlin was the, the, the older of the two brothers who owned the company. And he passed away a couple of years ago. It was great. Very close friends with Bob D'Antoni. And, um, it was kind of, he had always wanted to do a triple oak. We never really felt like we had the right whiskey for it. Um, so we're very happy to be able to put this out now. Um, that'll be coming this year. Um, we've got, uh, we came across some brandy that, um, you know, the barrels are, the brandy went into the barrels at like 30, I don't know, 30 years old or something, but the barrels were already 50 years old um, and they spent another 10 years in it. Um, we've got a, uh, it'll be a 14, total 14 years between its original aging and then and then it's finishing a port finished Kentucky bourbon um, that's just fantastic right now. And it's hazmat proof, uh, 141 uh, at the moment, 141, 143, uh, depending on which sample we pull of them. And then we've got a, uh, um, there's a spiced rum, anejo rum that we're finishing a bourbon in, spiced anejo rum mm-hmm. barrels. And they are they are the spiciest, most flavorful rum barrels we've ever smelled. So we're really excited. We, the samples of that are fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. That's coming out too. And then we'll probably do some, we've got some 10 year old straight bourbon. We'll probably release as a heritage foundation. They're from two different heritage distilleries in Kentucky. Um, and then we'll probably, at the same time, that'll be a very small release. We'll probably do a uh, 10-year rye, um, straight rye release
0: are there a certain number of releases you're looking to target each year or is it just kind of as the product?
1: Well, dictates? we like to have about five, but it, it varies because it will come across whiskey that we just, we like. And sometimes the barrels, we can't wait any longer. We, if we want to hold them in tanks, we can do that. But sometimes the barrels dictate that the stuff needs to get rebarreled and moved. And, um, and then sometimes it's the size. Uh, if we say we want, we would like to do five, but one of those batches only yields 1100 bottles we're probably gonna do two or three of those eleven hundred bottle batches at once of uh, different, you know, they'll be different, but I, I like the idea of maybe four to five limited batches plus the um plus the flagship that's out there year round, the split stave.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been great. This has been awesome. Um, how how can people reach you or learn more about Forgate on the socials and all that sort of good stuff?
1: Uh well, we're I mean you can reach me at bill at foregatewiskey.com. is my email. Um you can uh, come to our website foregatewhiskey.com. we're on twitter and and um instagram and facebook as well there's a facebook community uh for Gates, uh foregate whiskey uh, company community i believe it's called you can join that um and we're on that all the time uh just you know sharing news of what's coming out and where we're going to be kind of fun stuff like that so that those are that's probably the best place to get up to date information
0: fantastic yeah this has been awesome yeah this has been a lot of great. education yep can't wait for the new releases and the to try some of those, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You've got a couple fans here, so we're we're excited for the new stuff.
1: We do have a few new batches that are still rolling out into markets right now. That distributors have been a little bit slow getting them out. If you know, there's been a lot of turnover in the distributor world in the last uh, last few months. But uh, we're really excited about the Majestic Wood series. The first two that came out was the Mizunura, uh Oak finish and a Brazilian mm-hmm. Amberana, and they're crazy good. Uh, and, and then we also just released our Calvin Collaboration Five, which Calvin collab is our you know it's our baby it was the first release was the the Calvin collaboration and it's won all the big awards from Fred Minnick and and uh, whiskey of the years and and it's kind of the one that, that that does the best for us when we enter it in competitions and so we're very careful that's a that's a fantastic one
0: Great I know uh, I know my store's got one on order, so let, let, let's try it <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> You can also find our whiskey at uh, online uh, you can go to um, bourbonoutfitter.com and sealbox.com they both carry the product. Uh, they tend to sell out very quickly they don't they don't buy quite as much of an allocation as some as the brick and mortar distributors do but yeah, they're on there too. Awesome. We're working on a couple updates to the website. One of the things that's been requested is uh, being able to click on it and find out what stores in your area actually carry. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're working on that functionality right now. We just brought in a uh, national sales director and then a uh, brand ambassador up in Illinois. And the brand ambassador has a lot of experience building websites. And I did ours, and I'm easily an amateur at that. And he's a pro. So <laughs> we'll let him, uh, him give us some ideas on some new things
0: we can do that we haven't tried yet. Very good. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we appreciate your time. Well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Look forward to the next time we have you on. And until yeah. next time. Yeah. Till next time. Cheers. Right. Cheers. Cheers. It doesn't end here. For all things Whiskey and Rock, and for info on how to join our Patreon, just visit our website at whiskeyandrock.com. That's Whiskey, A-N-D, Rock. And of course, follow us, share us. Do it, like it, love it. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Whiskey and Rock. Whiskey and Rock is brought to you by Zoom. For more information, go to zoomcorp.com.